Welcome to the Tradfest podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company. Hello from Temple Bar, Dublin. That opening track was a selection called Molly Bawn, played by the wonderful Kilfenora Cayley Band, or is it the fabulous Kilfenora Cayley Band? And I'll talk about that description a little later. I'm delighted to say that the band leader uh, with the Kilfenora, John Lynch, is with us. John, you're very welcome to the podcast. Hello, Kieran, and it's lovely to talk to you, and it's lovely to be talking to anybody that's associated with Temple Bar Tradefest. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're long-time buddies, John, and I would yes. have a fair understanding of the Kilfenora scene as I grew up in Ennis, sort of in the shadow of the Kilfenora on one side and the Tulla on the, the other. <laughs> we, we grew up very confused in Ennis, but you didn't in Kilfenora. You had a very definite tradition there. Oh yes, uh, it was very definite. Like the, from my own personal point of view, Kieran, uh, I was born into it from the point of view that my grandfather John Joe Lynch would have been part of the founding members back in 1909, and then uh, in the nine he would have played right through to the late 40s. And the there was four manifestations kind of of the band. You had the beginning up to the late 20s, and then from the late 20s up to the 50s when Cortis was founded, and then you had from the 50s to the 90s, and you had from the 90s to the present time. And uh, in the 1950s time, my father PJ and Kitty put the band, put another manifestation of the band together for competition because Cortis had been founded, and also Jerry, my uncle, and my aunt Norim were part of that band. So there's a there's a lineage uh, personal from my point of view they are right going back to the very beginning uh, but also like I was born in Kilfenora and Kilfenora is a little village just in North Clare just on the edge of the burden it's between Corrafin and uh, Liston Barn and it's about 16 miles northeast or northwest of Ennis and uh, it's a small little village like of about 500 people and like in my earlier days I would have played football with Kilfenora and you put on the jersey and and you and you played for Kiffin and we're very proud of it. Like and it, it really transferred across to the band too because when we when we play with the band, like we're very conscious of where we're from, that we're representing Kilfenora and County Clare and they are the two places that that I am really like, you know, I'm from Kilfenora, very proud of its football tradition and its music tradition, and also very conscious of being from Clare and what that means to me. And I worked for a long time outside of Clare and always wanted to be back in Clare. So does that kind of answer? It does. No, no, it gives us an idea of that, that sort of sense of the depth, I suppose, of the tradition in that North Clare village. It's just phenomenal, really, to come across it and that it's still as much alive today and that pride in the tradition is still there. I've been to Kilfenora once a year for the last 20 years uh, making radio programmes and that pride is still there. Oh, very, very much so. Very much so because, really, I suppose as I'm getting older now because the, next year... Um, we will be together 30 years the present manifestation of the band and like if you take it the band that competed for 93 4 and 5 there would have been a very slight change of membership there because of people not being available in that for rehearsals and not being able to give it the commitment that was necessary but like if you take in that year in 93 to 95 there's eight out of that 10 that are still with the band like so that shows like that it's just just a fly by night they really but i'm really lucky that the 
players that I have bought into the ethos of the band and are very proud of it. And that's what keeps you going. And especially in these times where you have COVID and everything like, like the heart of the band comes through there of whether they're in it for themselves or they're in it for the band, you see. And th that, that very much has been your part of a team, a team that has a proud tradition and that you want to continue on to represent that tradition. I'm, I see myself as just a cog in a wheel. And even though I'm talking to you here today as leader, I don't see myself as a leader, Kieran. I just see myself as one of the band, really. And that's the way it is with all of us. Well, you mentioned that tradition and you are a proud bearer of that tradition. From my experience in Kilfenora in those last 20 years, there's a whole new generation of younger people coming along there now from that area playing the finest of Kilfenora music. And, you know, they want to be a part of that particular tradition there. Well, that's it, you see. And like, that's what would have like, if you take it back to my own day, my own day was Christmas night in Kilfenora, where the Kilfenora Kelly blend played a monster Kelly, as they called it, because there was nowhere else to go on Christmas night. And it was absolutely packed. And I just loved watching Kitty and Gus and Tommy Peoples and all those up there. Michael Sexton was playing with him at that time, playing and PJ Murray, he was singing with him at that time. And I loved that Kelly. And even though I was just totally focused on football at that stage and the music had taken a second place, like really, um, that was that was seeping into my bones really. And when I went to Kildare then, and I was teaching in Kildare for 20 years, like, uh, and I just decided in the nineties, just to put a band into competition, just to represent Kilfenora again, because I had been at the All Ireland Flair in 1991 in Sligo, and I was at the senior band competition and there was no Clare band in it. And when I came out, I remember saying to myself, God, I think I'll put a band together for next year just to have a go and see how we would get on and how the present generation would match up in relation to the generation before before us. And as I was walking down Sligo that night, who did I meet but Phil Canal McMahon, or my national school teacher of old, who would, whose mother would have uh, coached the band in the 50s and Phil would have been part of it, part of coaching as well. And I said to her, Phil, I'm thinking of putting a band together next year for... Uh, for the senior band competition, I said, and I'm coming home at midterm break in October. And I said, I might try and put a band together. God, John, she said, wouldn't it be great? I'd love to be involved with coaching you in that and helping. And I said, well, Phil, we'll try now in October and I'll try and put the band together. And that's what happened. And it was just, again, the previous generation just inspiring. The, and and when I was young and when you were young, Kieran, Traditional music wasn't as popular as it is now, and it was frowned upon like, and the people who were playing it were frowned upon. And then when it came to the 80s and 90s, it, the young people bought into it again, and it was tremendous. And so that's what inspired us then, like it was the generation before us. And when we went into competition, we happened to be lucky enough <laughs> to win an All-Ireland or two. And then we brought it on and we kept playing and we played for Kayleys, and then it evolved into a Kaylee band plus a concert band. And now, I think it's reaping the benefits from the point of view that there's an amount of young people in Kilfenora and the surrounds and they're playing they're playing the selections that inspired us and they're playing them again and they they seem to have bought into again being proud of the tradition and a small little village like you know on the edge of the burden like uh, having that music kind of background is tremendous like i think for a small community and what it has produced over a hundred and something years is, is great now the tradition of course uh, i suppose in your family was fiddle you went playing the banjo why 
because there was enough fiddles at it. <laughs> it was time to, but there was also an inspiration for me because even in the in the fifties band, like uh, and right into the sixties and right through the seventies, there was one man that that was very much admired in Kilfenora and we loved very much, and that was Jim Ward. And Jim Ward was the banjo player with the band in the fifties, and he won, like contrary to what people believe, like they think that the banjo came in in the sixties, but it didn't because Jim Ward. Uh, I have pictures of him playing uh, banjo with the band in competition, like, and he played uh, piccolo and flute before that, but uh, due to health reasons and lung reasons, he had to change to the banjo, and he played the banjo. So I loved the banjo sound, and then there was another banjo player in Ennis that I loved listening to in the 70s, and uh, he was part of Stockton's week, and I just loved the way he played the banjo, and that's what inspired me, and I have a, I have a night him ever since, kids. I have. Uh, just to go back to Jimmy Ward, actually, he was the first man ever to tune a banjo for me, too, so we've that much in common there, John. But he brought. It's funny. I I try listening to him in the recordings. See that he made a, he made two recordings with him. One was Claire Cayley, and one was uh, the one that was done in the West County with Transatlantic in 1974. 70, 1973, Claire Cayley was done in 1974. Uh, the Transatlantic one was done where Mick Maloney produced it. But I in listening to Jim, you see, Jim was kind of the half generation between my father and John Joe Lynch, my grandfather, and that's why I kind of got to know Jim Ward through uh, my father talking at home and he was the half generation between my father and John Joe as I said but John Joe, Jim Ward and Mrs McGrath who was a concertina player and John Joe Lynch's sister they were the three that played in the house dances and our kind of style and lift comes from that because they were playing for the dancers and their music was very much orientated into creating lift for the dancers and like he he brought what he was doing in the flute onto the banjo from the point of view of when you were coming into the beginning of the bar or the change of the tune by god he was always there for the change of the tune now he might he might be gone for the next few seconds like but like he was there for what what we for that room like you know in the music that gives the lift for the dancer and he like you were judged in Kilfenor by the way you played for a dancer and that was it and and i suppose that's why we were different to other bands from the point of view that it was totally band oriented now it has changed a little bit from the point of view of the present band would have extremely good solos who would have won senior solo competitions and everything but at the same time when we go back to playing as the Kilfenora band and we're playing for dancers you're right back into what you're talking about that the young people are now doing in Kilfenora and we would hope that they would continue to do that because we would see ourselves as failures if we didn't uh, transfer that back onto them you know well, I think you've successfully done that for sure just as a matter of interest John I'm going to move on about the present day Kilfenora Kelly band but as a matter of interest actually uh, how did the older generation as in your father your uncle uh, how did they take this changeover of the band to the new generation in other words did they appreciate what you were doing were you able to do what they were doing well, I'm going to tell you a funny story now. It might be, it might be politically correct, but at the same time, I'm going to give it to you exactly as I got it, Kieran. I remember when I put the band together and uh, we went into competition in 92, you see. And I remember I couldn't bring my father near it, like, because coming up in the kitchen at home, it was usually Kieran on Sunday morning at the 10 o'clock programme, like, you know. And from listening to the comments, you see, it was, they loved kind of, 
uh, rhythm music and uh, Morrison and those sort of players is who influenced them and Sean Maguire and all that sort of era. But I remember anyway, I said I better not bring it to early. We had gone to the Clare Flan, we got through and we got through in Munster. And I remember just before the Ireland bringing him in this tape of us, a recording of us as we were rehearsing, you see. So he listened to the march. And he says, why are you not doing harmonies there? You know you should be doing harmonies there. And I says, well, you're not allowed to do harmonies like, because uh, if you do harmonies, you're kind of, it's take, you could be disqualified. Well, he said, you should be doing harmonies. And that's that, he said. And he said, we know about band up here and we don't need anybody telling us about bands. So we got to the jigs. Jigs were okay and the, and the harms were okay. Then we went on to the reels. But I remember I had two reels put together, Karen. And the connection between the two reels, like you played your one reel, and I had this kind of a stop and a big bang into the second reel. I think it was great, like, you know. Well, he looked at me across the table, the kitchen table. Will you tell me what in the name of God are you trying to do, he says. And I said, how do you mean? Well, he says, if if you don't know what I mean now, he says, there's no point in it trying to explain to you. He says, and I said, ah, come on. I says, we're going into the senior band competition. I need to know what you what you mean there. And he said, listen, he said, when you're playing selections of tunes, he said, you connect one into the other, he said. And he said, it's rising up as you connect in, he said. And he says, if you're playing music, he said, you play a reel, he says, and you stop. He said, stop, he said. And he said, then if you're putting a couple of these together, he said, play your music, he said, and go from one rise up into the other, he said, and connect it up and just lift it, he said. That's what you do, he said. And if you're and he said, Don't mind, he said, playing a selection of reels and playing one reel, stop and then starting into another, he said. Connect up your music and play it right. I said, Well now I know what you mean. I said, All right. So and he said, No, he said, you could go down there, he said, and you could get second in that competition, he said, but you're not worth a damn as a band, he said. Like that is <laughs> what he said to me, like, you know. So I said to him, well, I said, Right, I I've got where you are now. And we went down and we got second to the bridge in ninety two, I remember. But I had taken in what he said, and then the next year we went at it again because I remember after '92 we were walking down to in uh, Clamell actually, and Eugene Nolan, who I would have known very well through teaching in Kildare, Eugene Nolan, Pat O'Mara, and uh, Robert Leeson and those, and I was mad about them. We they were great people, like a great band's people. And Eugene had this gear, that gosh, and his hands going down the street. And I said, Eugene, you better hold on tight to that. I said, because we're coming for that next year. I said, like that. And he said, well, John, he said, I don't think we'll be able to compete next year for, for whatever reason. They said, anyway, but the next year then I put the reels together again. And um, I brought it up again a week before the competition to my father. And we were playing and he said, you're still not putting in the harmonies and uh in the march and i said that's that's the rules we just have to go with the rules i said we can't be going against the rules right to see and then it came along to the reels and kieran now you'd say the reels you'll be thinking you'll be picking oh, but the two reels i had picked was kieran was austin tierney's into the Kilmelia. <laughs> that's what i had picked now and i said uh, he'd probably shoot this down and i remember some of the bands saying you can't be playing the Kilmelia really because uh like you know that's a beginner's tune like shooting good enough for senior band company i said look it has nothing to do with the real is the way you played i said to them and i said it's good enough for us it's good enough for the crowd before us it's good enough for us so let's play it as it should be played so i brought it up to him anyway in the kitchen he was listening to it and when we went to the reels and we played the reels austin here is into the Kilmelia didn't tears come into his eyes and i said i have you now i have you now i says like that and he says to me he says you know something jack jacko he says 
I wouldn't know, he says, now whether it is us or ye that are there, he says. I wouldn't be able to distinguish it. And for me, yeah. that was the ultimate, like. It's and he says, do you, know something? do you know something now, he says? You're going to go down there now this time, Jacko, he says, and you're going to take Baton now, he says. And he had, and we went down to him and we got first. Some people are still talking today that we shouldn't have, but we did, like. And But for me, like, it was, it was just, great your father saying to you i would know what it is us are ye there that for me was great and then as it's you know when we they, then they started to accept because they saw we, i remember being in the hall in kilfenora after winning one of the allies this is another story to show you like how tough it was in kilfenora they didn't spare you by i'm telling you and going back home to play a concert in kilfenora that was always edgy is what I would, I would describe it but I remember it was called the October Fest and I remember going back to play and Pat was missing my brother Pat played with the band that time he was playing fiddle but there was one or two missing anyway and I remember Jackie Daly and Maura O'Keefe going up that night and playing the most gorgeous Kilfenora music here I remember them playing Miss Monaghan Dew and Tim Maloney's which was a selection the old band played like and they played it absolutely mighty here and we went up and I knew we were off the mark like I just oh and the cold sweat was rolling out of me now it was really rolling out of me and I knew oh god we're not making the grade here like you know and we came to the finish and I happened to be doing the announcing that night and I said well now I said we're going to finish finish off with a selection of reels and this shout came up from the back of the hall well you'd want to shake it up a bit if you are he says and i said i think i know that voice i said and just my just my father blowing the back of the hall like you know so so we earned our chips too like you know but God. but i must say it was a learning process and like there was no in between with them they wouldn't say ah that's good it was either going to be very good or not at all you know, it was either making the grade or it wasn't making the grade. You and know, speak, and speaking of that, John, actually, he did have a phrase, which I thought was one of the greatest phrases I ever heard <laughs> uh, in relation to bands playing for dancers, that your job was to put them through the roof, not stick them to the floor. Yeah, that's exactly it. That Fantastic was the, expression there. Uh, and, and that was, they were totally geared into that. And they were, you know, they were, they were happy enough to be a good Kelly band. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But But it didn't stop them either, though branching out too, like when they were playing like as well because i remember uncle jerry did talk because they had brady gallagher playing in the mansion house brady gallagher was very big like in the 50s when they were playing and she's a lovely singer from donegal like and uh was had a name well made for herself like but i remember the band doing uh, my father and them talking about and we have a picture of the band in the mansion house with brady gallagher on the stage with them they saw no boundaries in music you know but mm. i think that stemmed back to the brass and reed band being in Kilfenora and stemming from that and the musicians they would say the traditional musicians playing in the brass and reed band so they were bringing pieces from there into the tradition as well that so of course they, was uh, a legitimate part of your tradition it was, it was very much so because John Jolich, my grandfather, and Jim McQueen and all those would have played with the brass and reed band. So there's marches that we play today and even the military two-steps and stuff like that that I'd say would have originally come from the brass and reed band like, and they just brought them across. Because I remember Uncle Jerry and my father and all them when they'd get together, I remember them playing Roll Out the Barrel and all, like, which was which was from the 1930s films. like, But they a nice piece of music they just took it and they liked doing it and they liked harmonizing it and it didn't matter whether it was strictly traditional or not so they, they were a bit different in that way and i suppose we have carried on that tradition as well you know and i suppose john if people wanted to kind of find out a bit more about that <clears throat> the story of the kilfenora and all of that there there was a documentary made called in the blood 
There was in in two thousand and nine. Uh, we did a documentary for for the centenary of the band, and you were very much involved with us at that time because we also produced an album called Centenary. But the the actual documentary was uh, done by uh, Straw Dogs, who is Jackie Larkin here from Ennis, and her husband uh, John, and uh, they did the documentary for us and it was shown on RTE uh, television and uh, it was called In the Blood which was a great name for it and it, it showed kind of the tradition and how it evolved in Kilfenora and how it came down to us and uh, it was really it was really it explained what it was all about and I remember my brother Jerry God be good to him who passed away this year and who sang with us and was a lovely singer I remember when we were thinking of doing that documentary I was my office was underneath the stairs here Kieran in the hall as you come into our house as you know and he came in one day and he I had said to him I'm doing this and he said John he says Really, he says, I don't think you should do this documentary. He says, because there'll be murder, he says, over it. Don't you know there'll be murder over it? He said, because we're all related to Kiffinora, he says. And sure, don't you know someone's going to be left out? He says, like that. And I said, well, Jerry, to be honest about it, I said, it's important that the documentary is done because in years to come, uh, there'll be people in this documentary, I said, where, where there won't be, a, nobody would know them unless they were in the documentary. And the faces, there'll be a face with a name now rather than just a name from before and i think it's very important in the centenary year that we would uh put down a marker like you know and uh and in fairness to you you were very helpful to us at that time and we have been very lucky in the band always like to have had people you see when we won the all-ands we did an album straight afterwards and we thought we were cock a hoop we were ready to do everything ourselves and we were you know this and that and the other and so we were nothing really like but at the same time uh, we did the album, so we found out then what we knew about producing, which was nothing. <laughs> like, you know, but like then, then we we learned from it all, and I think what has stood to us is like that we made good decisions, like at times at important times along the line, and like the three producers that I have worked with was yourself first. You did three albums with us, then Kevin Crawford did another couple of albums, and the last album we did was the Donald Lunny, and all along that, that all along that road and that journey, I mean you helped us immensely and yourself and kevin brought to the band a finesse in relation to the melody and that of it and when we were doing the next one because of branching into the concerts and all that and the repertoire expanding and because of singers being with us we feel we needed to develop our back row a bit more and we had introduced the double bass and cello and viola into the band so we asked donald would he be interested and he was he was and did come with us and Jerry sang two songs in it, Idel sang two songs in it and he helped us immensely that way. So the, the people that were around us and that came on board to help us helped us immensely and they guided us on our way and yourself and Kevin and Dawn were very important in that, in the development of the band and the expansion of the band. Of course the band has made several albums. I mentioned there at the start about uh, was it the fabulous Kilfenora Kelly? Yeah, or? yeah. It was their very first album made in that, that was released in 1958 and was done by Dublin Records. The, the O'Neill brothers were running Dublin Records at that time. And uh, I don't know how the fabulous <laughs> because it was, it was the Kilfenora Kelly band. And I'll tell you a funny story about this too. It was the Kilfenora Kelly band, you see. But then there was this 
kind of a mark and then up overheaded fabulous now i don't know who decided to proceed whether it was an afterthought or not but the funny part about that is the photograph was taken outside the old ground and there was this green border around it i don't know if you remember that album it's a picture of the band taken outside the old ground and then there's a green border around it i remember yeah. the fabulous kilfenora all right now john i don't know if the, did that old band let's we'll call them that did they tour much I know you mentioned Dublin, but did they go outside of the country? Did oh, they, they did. The they did. Like, uh, no, they didn't go to the States. Uh, Kitty never went to the States, but they did tour England. And I remember in the late 50s, I'd say this would be after the All-Irelands, having won the All-Irelands, because they won the All-Irelands 54, 5 and 6. And then they were playing all over the country here. But then kind of 59, 60 and then on, uh, they actually toured England. And the time they were brought out here was in Lent. They were brought out in Lent because here at that time in Lent, which was this, uh, seven weeks before Easter, you were not allowed uh, have Kayleys or have, uh, you were supposed to be doing your penance and you weren't supposed to be off and enjoying yourself. So, <laughs> and in, as we all know, in the 1950s, an awful lot of Ireland went to England to work. So there was nearly more people, more Irish people in England that time than there was here at home. But the, the band did a tour then of England every Lent and they went out and uh, it was to, they did Birmingham and Manchester and London and that like, you know, I remember them talking about that and, and the crack they had doing those tours. But Kitty never, the Tuller went to uh, America now, but Kitty didn't uh, go to America. I don't know. Maybe it was because the timing might have been wrong on that. But we was we went to America uh, in the 90s then when we were farmed. We went to America and we did John O'Brien, God bless him, that man from Roscommon who was in St. Louis, was the first man himself and Paul Keating. John O'Brien was the first to invite us. And then when Paul Keating found out that we were going to America, he said, you must come to New York. So himself and John got together and we launched the album, your first album with us, which you produced, Set on Stone. We launched that in New York. Uh, we were playing at the Lincoln Center in New York and we launched it that night in the Lincoln Centre on our way out to John O'Brien in um, Cleveland and I remember that was some fabulous night in the Lincoln Centre we were down in the plaza playing for a big Kelly and I remember uh, meeting Felix Dolan there and I remember meeting Michael Preston there and Martin Mulhair and all those and even though Michael and Martin were taller we, we had great fun that night you know it was really and like what I love about what we've done, Kieran, is the lovely friends that I have met. And, the, you know, it has been a lovely journey and the people that I've met and that have helped us and the camaraderie and the competition and the slagging and, the, you know, all of that that goes with being part of a band. It's, uh, it it's something to be able to say that the Kilfenora Cayley Band played at the Lincoln Centre in New York. By the way, did you have to wait until Lent before you went to play in Glastonbury? <laughs> No, no, Glastonbury. We played in Glastonbury actually twice, but I remember it was the acoustic tent we played in, and it was absolutely fabulous. I remember I got a great kick when we went out on the stage in Glastonbury. I remember we were we were flying out of Dublin, and as we were flying out of Dublin, who was in the line with the plane with us but Liam Wainlake? And I got talking to Liam Wainlake, we were having a bit of fun, like, but we went over anyway to Bristol because Bristol's where we flew into. And Liam said, Are you going down to Glasgow? I said, We are. He says, Any chance of a lift? I said, No problem, there's a bus there, there's plenty of room for you. So Liam Wainlake got on the bus with us. And we were on our way down to Glastonbury anyway, and the boys, Gary and Anthony, they started playing tunes. So 
Liam had a tin whistle, and out comes the tin whistle, and he plays away with him. But Cathy McCormick, God be good to her, my first cousin was singing with us over there. And the next thing was, we we went up on stage, and we out on stage to play. And I remember before we went out playing, one of the song guys come and running to me, and he says, you know the way that you have these docks at the back of the stage for the, the back row equipment and all that? But all we had in the dock, you see, was a keyboard, and the drums and we'll say the snare the, the bass drum the snare and he came around to me he says man where's all your gear he says, <laughs> he says and he couldn't believe like this is how we were bringing up and we went up because we had our own pickups onto the instruments so all we would do was plug it into DIs and that they couldn't believe it I remember Steve wondering when we were actually playing the song I was say, how in the name of God are you getting that sound out of 10 acoustic instruments there on the stage you know because the big sound like but anyway when we went out on stage didn't we spot this sign out of front of us we love Gary Oh, you see, but it turned out there's one of his students in Flannan's oh, that he was teaching that was over in Glastonbury. And when Cathy was singing, I think she said, yeah, from Claire to here. She sang one of the songs was Claire to here. And didn't Lima Wainley come out and join her for it? And it was lovely. It was, it was a great experience. Fantastic and memory, then, isn't uh, it? Awesome. And then we went over then the year that Bruce Springsteen was headlining it. And uh, I really thought that we were going to interfere with Bruce and that we'd take half the crowd from him. But it turned out it worked out okay for both of us, like, you know. Yeah, the chance of time, I believe the chance of your time there, so that you wouldn't interfere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, they're uh, fantastic memories, John, aren't they, really, for the Kilfenora? That kind of evolved, and I was never one to have a big picture for the band. I had a picture that I kind of had a... I suppose you call it a chip in your shoulder from the point of view of I really couldn't see how people couldn't see... The, the importance of band and what band does when it plays and some of the some of the derogatory comments that were passed towards Kayleigh Band. So I would have always wanted to have proven that there was Kayleigh Bands that could play good music too. Because and, and and in my journey too and dealing with the different producers and talking to them and the fun I had with them like and and, and the blood, sweat and tears of the mixing studio and everything, I got to see the other side of it from the point of view of how the solos see a band like having said that in relation to the development of our band you see up to 2009 we were playing mainly Kayleys and that but then we were requested to play in the concert hall in Dublin and we had to do a concert there and we knew then that we were changing from we were we were adding a concert to our ball so and you can't you can't do the same for a sit-down audience you can't do the same program as you would for a, a bunch of dancers so that's where we started to develop the contemporary side of the band and we were there was musicians in the band that were quite capable of doing that and that's where we were expanding then into the area of of the cello and the bass and the back line and when you were introducing singers then you had to be able to accompany the singers so we were now expanding into uh, uh, a concert band so we were now a Kayleigh band and a concert band which definitely developed more skills within the band but it, that happened kind of it just happened happened it, there was no great plan for that and of course there were then of course when you were playing for an artist and sitting down you you always try to involve a bit of fun and, and that and we do through the dancers and that and i <laughs> there was one of them that backfired well it, 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 it took a different line to what i thought and i remember watching the garner the garners dancers and they're too 
the gardeners and uh, Laura Minogue and Sinead Neal are the dancers that dancers is mainly like, you know. And uh, we have a panel of dancers the same as a panel of musicians. And, and we wanted to be able to provide a band no matter what. But like I remember I seen the gardeners who are superb dancers, they're world champions, they're superb dancers in the river dance style. But I remember seeing them dancing to Michael Jackson, a thing on, on at a wedding, you know, just at a wedding. They danced smooth criminal. And just the way they matched the phrasing was superb, like, you know. I remember saying to Emer, just just actually the year of the first All Island in uh, in Ennis, the All Island flag, you know, in was it sixteen, I think. And I remember saying to Emer, Do you think would we be able to play that Emer? And she said, We would. We were travelling home from a concert or something. And I said, I said, would it be circulated? But I said, wouldn't it be interested just to put it out in a concert, like just for the young people, just to try and broaden our base a little bit? Because I see my job, Kieran, as the present leader is to make sure that I leave an audience for Emer and Sinead and Sharon in the band, you know, the younger members, so that they can just continue it on. But I, and she said, we'd play that. So we decided we'd do it for what a place to go picking it for even like you know so we did it anyway but sure it went well it was just we were going to do it for once after the all island flare and you'd have two thousand people in there in front of you you know so in in the big dome so we had a go to it anyway and it went off very well really very well received but the problem was there was somebody there with a mobile phone and took it and put it up on facebook and sure it went everywhere and then sure then dermot McAvoy asked contacted me to see what we do the late late so we couldn't turn it down like but i just visions like of of, of all the you know what you would call the the, the pure traditionalists in ireland like you know and see kiffinora going on doing one piece on the late late and here's his smooth criminal and i said to myself oh i'd be shot like you know but like just out of context there like but it was just showing the way the band but i, I i'm always of the impression anyway would you decide to do something please Please try and do it well. So that's that's kind of the rule of thumb that we have. So the Kilfenora does Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, we did in that instance, but we did it fairly. <laughs> but the important thing is we did it well. Do you know what I mean? By the way, John, you had plenty of plans for this year, and they, of course, had to stop early in the year because I met you in February. Uh, so, what has been? What have you been at for the last? Nine months. Well, the, well, months. it has just it has just been a tough year, Kieran. You know, for like the COVID has really. Oh, I, I find it, I find what it has done to our tradition is terrible, like, you know, because when it broke first, everybody was locked down and, you know, the band, we as a band were missing each other from the point of view of performing with each other. So very soon after it, what I, what we set up was we set up a Zoom call where the band members would meet every month because our nights for rehearsing is a Monday night in St. Flannan's and we'd meet and uh, on Zoom and we'd, uh, you know, we'd what we because of the delay in Zoom and because of the technical problems you have with playing music when people are not in the same room, we we decided what we do is we get we get the members to teach each other new tunes so that the only mic that was live was the person that was teaching the rest of us the tunes and that's the way we did it like and we and then we had a bit of chat and a bit of banter and a bit of crack so it's just a way of of trying to keep the band together you know and then i just thought i said then it evolved that i said look so why don't we try and uh 
why don't we try a concert online because we had seen the way the other artists were doing it so we said we looked into that which are to do a concert online was going to cost us too much so then we looked into how could we fund this you know so uh, we decided to look we went to TG Gahar we, we actually did the program we went to the Clare County Council and we said to them look this is a lovely chance to um, uh, showcase our county and where we're from and showcase the and they were very much in favour of it, like showcase all that Clare has to show in relation to uh, um, sightseeing and accommodation and staying and all that. So we decided we'd, if we incorporated it in our online, online broadcast, would they subsidise? So they decided that they would. And we we're very thankful to them for that. And also then we did the concert then, we did it to broadcast standards. So Jerry Kenny, who was our lighting and our sound man, he has a big warehouse where he has his stuff and there was nothing happening from Jerry. So he set up our stage in the warehouse and he set up a, a, a studio for want of a better word like, you know, and it was, it was perfect. Our stage was on there and we were able to go on that stage uh, spatially positioned. And then we decided to go to, to outside Bracca. So we got Dave Fennick of Fennick Productions to come and do all the camera work. But he brought an outside broadcasting unit, which was able to uh, bring it to broadcast standard. So we then approached Tichi Kahar and very kindly, and we're really um, very um, appreciative of Prunchis Nigrania and her team for agreeing to go with the concert. So we, we're cutting it down to an hour and they're going to make an hour program to show over Christmas. And there's also talks of another program uh, with Tichi Kahar where uh, Dahi is doing a, in your uh, kind of a program uh, for one night only it's a bit like that and uh, Dahi O'Shea is presenting it and I think they're going to they're we're going to be part of that uh, as a group we're going to perform and uh, do interviews with Dahi in relation look much like what I'm doing with you now in relation to how the band has evolved and so you've 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 made use of your time during the lockdown so, which is fantastic. So, people can see that on TG Cahar. John, looking, we said not too far into the future, but what have you plans for 21? Well, like, everything is on hold, as you know, Kim. Like, uh, I'm talking to you now, we were supposed to be in Temple Bar, Tradface, and we were really looking forward to this year because I, 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 I really get on well with Martin and with his team. And uh, Claudine and them are just great. And yourself, it's lovely to appear there. But uh, And uh, we were supposed to be in the concert hall and stuff like that. But now that's all on hold. But, like, we, we, we will still keep thinking of ideas. Like, we normally do two concerts in Lore at Christmas, and at the moment, we're looking into would it be possible or could we cover our costs to uh, to do a program maybe where you'd have so depending on the what level it's at at Christmas uh, COVID knows what I mean could we do maybe a concert online where you'd have some audience concert online and see could we cover our costs to do that so we're looking into that sort of right. thing but like we have we have a show you see Kim as you know we do yep. a show and like we just don't want. We want to perform at the level we always perform at. And because we have it developed into a show, we don't want to kind of take a step back just because of COVID. COVID is not going to beat the Irish people. We're going to get there eventually, but it's just kind of keeping patience with the powers that be and taking the advice that's there and supporting each other. Now, I do think, and I am a little bit fearful like this. You see, if you take the last 20 years because of all the great teachers that are there now and because of Skolaitia and everything an awful lot of young people have bought into 
traditional music and they are the life of it and it's just wonderful to see them and they are such wonderful technicians and brilliant players like i'm just a bit fearful that because they're not getting a platform now to perform either in their local pub or on stages that we might lose some of them and that's that'd be my biggest fear but from my own perspective i would be really endeavoring to make sure that the kilfenora continues on and we will make use of whatever is there technically or you know logistically that we can do we will work with it and i'm very lucky you see this within the band both musically and otherwise we have great talents and we put our heads together to see how can we get on top of this or how can we get around this and that's what we're endeavoring to do john we've been asking our guests here before we wind up about uh what else they might have been listening to i take it from our conversation today you've been listening to a lot of kilfenora music and even learning tunes from your fellow kilfenora musicians but is there anything outside of that you you would be listening to just to kind of get a break or just for your own comfort well like in i love all types of music like you know and uh like one of one of the things that one of the people that i have been listening to and now is uh, it's outside of the tradition but a person that i loved listening to was john prine and i would have listened to john prine over it like uh he was an american singer but he's married to a an irish woman like as well and he was lovely like and he he, he came to kinvara and he often came into ballyvahan and that to the sessions that were there to sean till and all those so i've listened to john prine and i and i'm i i listen to youtube quite a bit and you know like Bend your heads now, get a great kick out of that. I love that. John Carty and all those, three so great. All the banjo players, you know, Jerry O'Connor, and I'd like to pass my condolences to Jerry O'Connor, whose father Liam just died in the last couple of days, like, you know, but I get a great buzz out of that and listen to the different groups, Luna, Stockton Swing. That's 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 my bread and butter, kid. That's your tonic. Well, uh, I suppose if I had a memory from the Kilfenora at Tradfest, and we hope that it won't be too long before you're back there, John, it's the, the day that she played the few tunes on the Clarence Hotel in Dublin oh, and caused oh, few disruptions yes. around Dublin City. <laughs> Uh, and it was a lovely fine day too exactly. <laughs> well the, the one thing though, the, about it was we were looking at because we were up on top of the Clarence and the wind was from the west so it was blowing it onto the sea I had to wear my cap that day but thanks to Treadfest it, it was just a wonderful experience like and as I said Martin and Claudine and them are just great people and you and we love working with you and and, and uh, it has been a great journey for us like and uh, this year I lost my brother Jerry as you know and, it's a, and my son John and uh, our mother-in-law so it has been a tough year but like we have the memories of like my memory of Jerry Kieran is the last concert he did was, was above in the Ulster Hall in Belfast this year on the 18th of January and I cannot explain that was a night that go, will go down as one of the top nights for me in all my time with the Kilfenora. Jerry sang he sang um Ellis Island and it went down absolutely brilliantly and I remember Jerry and myself going back up to the room after the concert I went to his room, the lads went out for a few things. I said, I'd go up and I talked to Jerry. He, he he was tired out because he was going through chemo at that stage. And I went back up to the room to him to chat. And we spent an hour and a half. And it was the loveliest memory I have. Well, that's a fabulous memory and a great one on which to leave this particular podcast, John. Uh, I have the fantastic memories of Jerry Lynch, uh, the yeah. singer and the gentleman myself. And yeah. it's always a pleasure to meet any of the Lynches, let me say. I met your <laughs> father, I met your uncles, I met all the brothers and that. It is always a pleasure to meet you. And thanks a million for joining us on the podcast today, John Lynch. Lovely. Thanks very much, Kieran. Thanks and looking forward to when we meet and we have a few tunes again. 
Thank you for listening to the Tradfest podcast. For more information on Tradfest, go to tradfest.ie. Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company.